Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are y'all? Go Tigers! Go Tigers! That was awesome. Surely we woke up this morning and they're number one, right? Yes, is that truth or no? Tuesday. Okay. Well, in Jesus' name, they're number one. <laughs> they looked amazing. Um, so yeah, one more announcement that we have not announced yet, except at Pie Night, for those of you who came to Pie Night, it was an amazing time, right? We had so much fun. I think there's so much more of an appreciation for making pies now than there ever has been before. And um, I can't tell you how many people who are like, oh my gosh, like this was much tougher than I had imagined. It's a true labor of love. But at Pie Night, we wound up, um, we announced that we are going to have our first annual women's conference here at the harbor is going to be amazing look for more information on your app um i will just give you this little tidbit angela murray and i um, went to school of the prophets back in august and both of us kept getting these words on women and um and women's ministry and and we both sat down to the table and we're like reviewing these words that we've gotten and both of us were like we need to do a conference. And so I really feel like it's the heart of God for our women because our women are powerful. And our women are, I mean, it, it's just amazing. I really feel God on women right now for them to know their proper place, for them to declare who they are in Christ and be everything that God has created them to be. Because who knows, we wear lots of hats. We wear lots of hats, amen, and every hat is important to God, amen. So today we're going to talk about life and death is in the power of the tongue. And if you could put this up on the screen for us this morning in Proverbs, in the message translation, I love this. Words kill, words give life, they're either poison or fruit, you choose. Let's read it one more time. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You get to decide. So Father God, we just pray right now, God, that, that I just pray right now that you just speak whatever you want to speak through me this morning, God, so that your people know exactly how powerful their voices are, that your people know exactly the authority, God, that you have given us, God, by the words that we speak this morning. Let our ears and our eyes be wide open to everything that you would have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I have not actually ever given this testimony before in a public setting. And um, I guess because there was, for whatever reason, a lot of shame on it. And, um, and when I came, before I came to Christ, I was a, how do I say it? A major cusser. Like, I, like, used foul language in everyday talk to everybody. And um, I think I grew up in, um, in a law office, and it was just like, and I, I, because I would, like, clerk for them and from a very young age. As soon as I could drive, I was driving to New Orleans to this law office, and, um, 
and they would just fly off cuss words like they weren't anything. And I was like, these people are powerful. So if I use these words, they must be really powerful, right? And um, and so like so funny because I think I would even use them in places like where they don't belong. You know, have you ever seen kids growing up and they're like starting to use this new word and um and they put it completely in the wrong place and um and so yeah that was totally me and and it was interesting because when I received Christ and when I received the Holy Spirit. He started saying, you don't need to use those words anymore because your words are powerful without having to use a cuss word. (laughs) Your words are powerful even though you might have grown up thinking that that was a powerful word. It really isn't. And actually, in all honesty, it does the opposite. It breaks down your credibility. If anything, and, and, and it's just so interesting that, um, that God just used that to catapult me into the language that I was using. And Tim also, I mean, it was so bad. Like, I wish I could help you understand how bad it was. It was so bad <laughs> that Tim was like, when we first met, he said, um, can you kind of not use those words? Because I like to think of you as a lady. And it's hard for me to think of you as a lady if you're using those words. And so, yes, that is my testimony. Pastor would actually be proud. One um, Easter, he wanted me to give that testimony like many moons ago, and I would not do it. (laughs) And so, I don't know, there was just like this shame on there. But you know, our words are a rudder. And there's three things I wanted to speak today First off, your words are a rudder. And um, if we go to, oh, it's at the bottom. If we go to James chapter 3, verse 2 through 6, the word of God says, we all fail in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet if we're able to bridle the words we say, we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. Now, isn't it interesting that one of the signs that we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit is a gift of tongues? And so isn't it interesting that if you can bridle the tongue... You can bridle the whole body. Horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. And the same with mighty ships. Though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they are steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body Yet it carries, what? Great power. Words are the directing agents of our life. Just as the rudder for a ship is so small, your engine can be huge. But if the rudder is not working, the engine does no good. That's amazing. It's the directing agent of our life. 
and our our tongue is a rudder taking us wherever our words are directed. The things we talk about are the things that we want to see more of. Think about that. The things that we talk about, the things that we speak, the things that we declare are what we want to see more of. If you are constantly talking about the devil attacking you, what are you going to see more of? Yeah. If you want to see more people healed, maybe I should start declaring that people get healed when I pray for them. If we want to see a strong marriage, what should we declare? A strong marriage. The words that we speak are our rudder for where we want to go. Moving down, just think of how small the next, I don't even know what that is, like maybe four or five. Sorry, Ryan. I should have told you. I was. Um, just think of how small. I don't know where we are. Yes, just think of how small, how a small flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of the human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. And when I look that up, it can, it can burn throughout the course of human existence. In the Aramaic, it says, a fire that passes through successive generations, rolling on like wheels through every generation the words that we speak your kids are listening the words that you speak the next generation is listening to the things that you have to say about them and it's interesting because as I was unloading all my Christmas stuff and it's still not up and um and as I was unloading it, it I got tons of stuff from my grandmother and um, when she passed away, and so thankful for that, because every time I pulled one out of the box, it reminded me of her and her diligence towards me, and like even, even in college, at worst case scenario, and she's still writing to me, telling me that, you know, God loves you, and that you're important, and um, she was really a, a huge part of my testimony, and, um, but one of the things that I just remember that was carried on from generation to generation, um, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. I was like, you taught me well with that one. How about this one? Though? This is really funny. And maybe this was only our family thing. Maybe it's not your family. But how about this one? You better wear clean underwear in case you go. So y'all really know that one? Oh, my gosh. Where the heck did that come from, right? Mike, in case you have to go to the hospital, well, that already puts fear on you, right? And so what in the world? From generation to generation, hopefully it stops at my generation, right? Um, Sticks and stones 
will break my bones, but I've never heard so much untruth in my whole life than that, than that little tune. Wow. The things that we speak carry on from generation to generation to generation. So let's make sure as children of God that we are speaking the things that he wants us to speak. <laughs> right? Amen? So the course of, so if words set the course of our life, how about these phrases? Life or death is in the power of the tongue. How about this? Maybe we should become more of a student of our words. Shame on you. Shame on you. I, my mom still uses it to my kids. And, um, yeah, I'm like, no shame. No shame. <laughs> There's no shame. <laughs> How about this? My back is killing me. I'm just saying, I'm not trying to put a religious spirit on us. I'm not saying that. But if I am saying if our words are really as powerful as what God is saying in his word that they are, maybe we should, and they're the rudder in telling us and steering us where to go. Like, I can't tell you how many times I say, these kids are driving me crazy. Right? And when you say that, how about, I mean, it's crazy at how it, it manifests. Yes, like, okay, it's even crazier than before when I said it was crazy. It's even crazier now because I just said that it was crazy. I do love the culture that we're, we're creating and have created here of maybe, you know, our kids, they, they can be super bossy or, or, you know, you might not see something that you like that they're doing, but we call them world changers because God needs leaders. So maybe that bossiness could turn into leadership that changes the world. Amen. Amen. My words are a thermostat. My words are a thermostat. Our words are meant to change the circumstance, not just describe them. The Bible says, arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise means become higher. Come up higher than what you were in before. Romans 4.16, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist as a child of God. We were created to call those things which we, that are as if they are, but they don't exist yet. Thermometer words. Sometimes we just come into a room as a thermometer instead of a thermostat that sets the temperature and we'll just say stuff like, it feels dark in here. I just feel the spirit of fear all over this place. Or they'll say stuff like, I'm tired. I'm not good at math. Ooh. Our country is going down the tube. 
Those are all thermometer words. They're just describing. And I'm not saying as a child of God that we're not to call out the things that we are seeing in the present, but you are more powerful to speak the things which as if they already exist. As a child of God, yeah, you might be tired, but after this nap, you better watch out. This country might not be exactly where we want it to be, but God is putting people in place right now to turn this ship around. I'm not good at math, but guess what? He's teaching me every day. He was the creator of math. He can download. He gives wisdom to everyone who asks, everyone. He says, just ask me, and I give it freely. So we're created to be so much more than just reading the temperature in the room. You were created to, to see that thing and call something different, to change the world. And if you look at Ezekiel, if we could go to Ezekiel, and I will just briefly go through this. Ezekiel 37, 3 through 10, God takes Ezekiel to this valley of dry bones. They are dry. They are very dead, dead, like dead, dead. And God says to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. So Ezekiel answers, oh, Lord God, you know. Then he said, prophesy over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So he's telling Ezekiel right there what to prophesy to the bones that are dead and that are dry. And so now Ezekiel prophesies and says, as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, there were sinews on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as God had commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet in exceedingly great army. Come on. The Lord said, Ezekiel, yes, I can prophesy it. But Ezekiel, I want you to prophesy it. And I think if we get this, this powerful notion here that God just doesn't want us to sit back and let him do it all. But he's like, no, I put my spirit in you for a reason so that you would prophesy it, not just me. This is a powerful story with truths that help us bring resurrection to life in dry things. This story shows us that we have the power 
as sons and daughters of God to speak to dead things and they shall come back to life. How about your dead relationships? How about your marriage? Can this marriage live? Can I, can this city live? Can this generation live? I've heard more negative things over the millennials than I've ever heard in my life over any generation. But I'm telling you, the Lord's already shown me he's raising up in the, the millennials in a, in a, um, a uh, George Washington Carver kind of way. Like he has implanted them in so many of them solutions to problems that we have that without them, we, we, I mean, we won't see, we won't see cancer dissipate. We won't see, we need them. And if we keep speaking negative things over them, they're not going to rise up and be the fullness of what God has created them to be. Can this dream live? And can I really live? God's asking us those questions to see if we'll prophesy to the dead things in our lives if we will prophesy to the dry places in our life. And he's saying, yeah, I can do it, but I need you to do it. And isn't it funny that so often when we see in Scripture Jesus speaking to things, he didn't pray for Lazarus to come forth. He prayed, he actually prayed, it's funny, he actually prayed, God, I thank you that you always hear me. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. And then Jesus says, speak to the mountain and it shall be moved. And in, the, in Mark eleven fourteen, he speaks to the fig tree and the fig tree is cursed. It shows that we have authority even over the natural realm. And that our words have power that even science is behind. Science is even behind what, what, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. You set the temperature. And as children of God, it's important the things that we speak. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Sometimes when we're in dark seasons, we just need to speak those things out. We need to hear those things. Because do you see that it, it doesn't say faith comes by hearing, not just thinking something. So often we want to just think something and think that that's enough. But when we actually declare it, faith comes by hearing. Like you're stirring that thing up in you. So when you're in a dark season, and I've been in dark seasons where it, it, it's just been like I can't, I can't see out of this. But then you start declaring the testimony of God and the things that you've seen him do in your life and you declare the prophetic words that were speaking that someone has spoke over you and you start declaring those things and speaking those things all of a sudden you can't stay in that dark place anymore 
Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. My words are seeds. Number three, last point. My words are seeds. Joel spoke a couple weeks ago on that 2020 was going to be the year of the seed. And can I just propose that your words are the seed? Where do you want to see, what do you want to see in 2020? Can I propose that the things that you speak are the rudder of where your body is going to go? Whose kingdom will you edify? It's interesting because in the, it, if we look at John 1, 1, and it says that Jesus was the word. And then we see at the creation story in Genesis 1, how in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And we see that all components of the Godhead were at the beginning of the Genesis creation. And we see as he spoke things into existence that the Holy Spirit was waiting for the word to actually speak something. The Holy Spirit was hovering. It says hovering is like a back and forth vibration, waiting for something. And if you understand sound and 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 I did such a small study on sound and but if you understand sound it needs the vibration for the word to be spoken so that the sound can create. I'm telling you science even backs this up because when God speaks it it has to come to pass. When God proclaims the promise, it has to come to pass because the creation, the thing that God created, is waiting for a spoken word to be spoken so that it can create something. Do, your, do a study on sound and it, it will blow your mind at how incredible God is how incredible he is and how important the spoken word is for worlds to change and for creation to to for the for creation to happen our words create things john 15:7 through 8 this is one of the ones where Jesus is saying the I am's. I am the resurrection life. I am the vine. And right here he said, I am the vine. If you abide in me as a child of God, we abide in him. And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples much fruit. Your words are seeds. See, if we abide in him and we have his heart, you got to get this. 
He put his heart in us. We have his heart. And my words abide in you, whatever you ask. So if we ask with having his heart, the Father's heart, when we speak things into existence, it's as if the Father is speaking things into existence because they can't differentiate between the two because I abide in him and he abides in me. And when I speak things, it's as if the Father is speaking them. And all creation has to rise to the occasion and come into in, in the authority that you have. And it has to create the things that you are speaking because the Father is speaking them through you. Do you know how powerful that is? That's why prayer declarations are so important. When we speak them, all of heaven is waiting for us to speak something. All of heaven is waiting for you to speak something so Holy Spirit has something to work with. The angels are waiting for you to speak something so that they can have an assignment. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. What are you going to choose? What are the words that you're going to speak that are going to be the rudder? How are you going to be the thermostat in a, in, in a room full of people that may not understand what you understand? The words that you speak are going to be the seed that comes to fruition in 2020. Your words are powerful. Your words create worlds. And I think that one of the things about prayer declarations and about prophecy if we look at if we look at 1 Corinthians 14 it says pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy we have lots of spiritual gifts that he just talked about nine spiritual gifts that he's talked about here in first corinthians the 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 gift of healing the gift of miracles the gift of tongue interpretation he goes through the whole list he's like but i want you to earnestly earnestly desire prophecy well because when we prophesy things have to line up when we prophesy, it builds people up. It builds up. Sometimes we need to prophesy to ourselves. But I'm talking here about prophesying to others. That we build up, we encourage, we comfort them. That's what prophecy is. And we make so much of prophecy like it, it's like this big, like, thing like you have to be a prophet and you have to hear directly the voice thus saith the lord no if you want to earnestly prophesy learn how to prophesy be the best encourager you know how to be and then when you encourage people just ask holy spirit holy spirit what do you want to speak as i'm giving this encouraging word holy spirit 
What do you want to say about this situation? And it's literally as easy as that. Earnestly seek to prophesy. So I want to do this real quick before we go. I want you to, we're going to pray. And I want you to just get out your phone or a piece of paper if you don't have your phone. And we're going to pray for Holy Spirit to give you somebody who needs encouraging. And we're going to put this thing to the test. Amen? And so I want you to just go to your text messages. And we're going to ask Holy Spirit who needs encouraging and what he should say to them. So, Father God, we just come to you, God, because we want to be great encouragers. God, you said, you said we should earnestly seek after prophecy. So right now, Lord, who in our life needs encouraging? Who needs an encouraging word right now, God? Just bring their name to mind, bring their face to mind. Now, Father, what would you have me speak over them? What would you have me write them? Jesus' name.